Welcome to Speed City's coverage of Formula One on Sirius XM. And welcome to the 2023 Formula One season. It is underway, and we could not be more excited. This is John Massengill, and I am in the studio in Austin, Texas, just down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. And I'm joined in the studio by my friend and cohort, Mr. Jonathan Green. It's a new season. It's a new era. Uh, and there's a lot going on. A lot. There is a lot going on. This is so exciting. And we're also joined over Zoom by my friend and cohort, Mr. Bob Varsha. How are you, Mr. Varsha? Uh, it's a great day for a motor race. Hey! season, everyone. Although I must admit, I'm a little piqued by the fact that I didn't get a chance to run into the kitchen and get another cup of coffee. But what the heck, let's go. <laughs> yeah, me too. You'll go in commercial break, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Casey's back. (laughs) You know, and we're also going to be joined by Mr. Chris Medland live from Sakir Circuit here in a few minutes. He's going to be walking around with his microphone just like he did last year. So he's going to be joining us shortly. But before we go too deep into what's going on in the beginning of the season, I might want to make sure I introduce everybody properly because we had a couple of people yesterday that weren't sure who was talking. And uh, <laughs> uh, some of us have been AWOL for a few that's months. That's right. Jonathan's been down in uh, New Zealand doing the Toyota series down Jonathan there. Jonathan Green. There you go. <laughs> but Jonathan, <laughs> I'll start with Jonathan. Jonathan is uh, one of the world's greatest commentators in <laughs> motorsports. That's hot price. I'll start with that. Wow. And, Gosh. Uh, in fact, both I of you guys. I that when you write your bio. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, uh, my agent, That's John Massingale. Agent. Yeah, your agent, your, your press officer. <laughs> John, he's just willing that on. So one day it'll happen. You were the voice right. of World Superbikes for, what, a decade, Jonathan. He's done Formula One. He's been the pit reporter for ESPN and Formula One. He's done everything from NASCAR to Formula One and just about everything in between uh, on television, on most every network. Fallen in the odd harbor. Yeah. Fallen in the harbor on live television. That was nice down in New mm-hmm. Zealand. Uh, but yes, Mr. Jonathan Green. And uh, really excited to have you back in the studio, Jonathan. Thanks, sir. And Mr. Bob Varsha. Uh, wow. He is one of the, he's been one of the most premier radio and television commentators of the motor racing world for four decades, from tractor pulls to Formula One. He's done car collector auctions, vintage racing, the renowned Pebble Beach Concorde d'Elegant. Extreme. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, probably best known for his 25-year tenure covering the Formula One World Championship. But uh, he's also a lawyer and a world-class runner. If America had a voice of Formula One, it is Bob Bosch. I think you could go higher than that. I think you could say a voice of motorsports. Yes, I agree. It's the beloved Bob Varsha. Yes. And I'll introduce Chris and uh, in due time, and uh, and little old me, I'm just one. Oh, of the... John, John's a farmer from Bastrop. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that's I'd say rancher. How about that? Okay, there you go. Rancher, rancher. Boy, hey, howdy. yep. When we moved to Bastrop, my dad said maybe we ought to get some horses. I said, no, nah, I got my dirt bike. I had my YZ80. I could herd cattle with that just as good as anything. So. But let's get to it. To boys. be more accurate, a, a man that knows more about motor cars and motorsport now, unfortunately, yes. which is annoying, um, than anybody I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was it was in my we blood. We started out in vintage, and now we all are vintage. Yes. <laughs> like I said yesterday, three old three three old men talking about one old man. 
<laughs> and he is the man to talk about this weekend. Man. Let's stop talking about us. No Let's talk question. about the man of the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was thinking about Fernando Alonso on the way in this morning, thinking, you know, we've all wanted somebody else mm-hmm. outside the big three yeah. to be competitive. And if you had to choose oh, yeah. virtually anybody on the grid, it's pretty simple, actually. It's Fernando's the guy, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, you know, love him or hate him, I mean, you can't not be glued today to see what he's going to do yeah. at 41. It is, to the day, 22 years since he started his Formula One career. And that in itself, can you remember what you were doing 22 years ago? Oh, God, yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, pretty impressive. And he's right at the top of his game and let's just say it right from the get-go. I mean, I was thinking about this last night, and we really didn't talk about it in the qualifying show. They've had qualified the factory team second to none. I mean, basically, yep. Mercedes have had their butts handed to them yeah. in qualifying. Now, this could be changed yep. in the race, but, Bob, have you, have you seen a, fall, a, 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 a bigger fall from grace in such a short time? Well, uh, I choose to look at it the other way. Have you okay. ever seen such a step up by a team yeah. such as Aston Martin has done? And everything you say about Alonso is true. I mean, but look at his teammate, Lance Stroll. He's driving with one hand, yeah. and Stroll is up there in P8 on this grid. So Aston Martin has done something spectacular in building a race car. We know they poached some folks from Red Bull, and I think that's probably – the impact we're seeing here, you know, you talk in other sports about coaching trees, guys like Bill Walsh in San Francisco, who sent all these guys off who became great head coaches in the NFL. I think Adrian Newey and the Red Bull tree of engineers is going to have a lasting and more expansive impact on all of Formula One. And Aston Martin is, you know, um, is the primary case. Mm. I, I do think, though, that uh, listening to Hamilton last night after qualifying, I've never heard him so downbeat about yeah. how uncompetitive they are. Um, and, and, you... and there is a, a real feeling now, just reading between the lines, that they, they need to do a dramatic rethink think of this car. Yeah. yeah. You saw uh, the comment from Toto Wolff, the chief yeah. principal, who said, this yeah. car concept is not going to be competitive. We've got to change. We've got to start working on it right now. I mean that coming from a team with the uh, with the resume of Mercedes is um, that's just spectacular. And coming from a guy like Toto Wolf, yeah, who is the ultimate you know poker player, he ain't going to tell you anything. But he's just said this isn't going to work. We got to try this, something else. This might be a question for Chris when we get him. But Bob, I mean, everybody talks about the fact that they've gotten this non side pod method, um, and that's the reason. Um, is it as simple as that, or? Do I, I, I feel there's more more credence to the 50-millimeter height r- r- rise that they've had yeah, to do? I agree. Mm. I agree. You know, it, it, Formula One is an orchestra. It's never this violin is out of tune or right. that uh, drummer missed his cue. It's, it's everything. Yeah, I think this radical um, slimline side pod thing, they, they kept it. And I heard a, a Mercedes... Uh, executives say they kept it because they thought it was still the right thing to do but apparently it in combination with everything else on the car the underfloor that creates all the downforce the wings we saw on on saturday they were still switching out rear wings between george russell and lewis hamilton trying to figure out what to do so you know dare we say mercedes is uh is lost at sea as we begin this new season bob whenever i saw that i thought there this is this is big trouble for them. When I saw them switching wings on a... On, but Ferrari uh, was yeah. switching wings, too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's true. They were. But when I saw Mercedes, I don't, you know, I just knew that this was this spelled yeah. trouble. But hey, and Jonathan, before we go ahead, Bob. Well, you mentioned Ferrari, and I don't want to let us get too far before uh, our man Chris Medlin has already dropped one of the you know, the early nuggets of the season. Charles Leclerc at Ferrari has changed his battery. Of course, in Formula One, they call that the rechargeable energy storage system, which is a fancy, fancy way to say battery. Uh, and you're only allowed two of those over the season. So whatever was wrong with the first one, this one has to go the rest of the season or else uh, penalties will ensue. Here All right. we go again. Well, speaking of Mr. Chris Medland, he has joined us from a secure circuit. Mr. Medlin, how are you? Hello, guys. I don't know if you've got me right now because I seem to get yes, for uh, seconds at a time. But I, <laughs> we, we got I'm, you, buddy. I'm doing okay. I do apologize that I, I, I think you guys can hear me and I can't hear you, which is uh, always a good way to start the season. But uh, yeah, I wanted to jump in. I'm glad Bob did it for me actually because I was going to say we're we're bashing Mercedes a little bit for still being pretty quick. I mean, yeah, they were not. They were about where they were this time last year. They're still one of the front-running teams, just not as quick as Red Bull. Uh, but yeah, Ferrari, not the greatest start. It's not just the energy store, but also the control electronics that are associated Ooh. with that. So two different components uh, from the power unit, both of which you only get two of for the whole season, have been changed. Believe it's precautionary. They're allowed to do um, reliability fixes <laughs> on parts, so they can take that off the car. And... Mm. Come on, Chris. <laughs> and I apologize for, uh, for for jumping on your story before we had you were on, on but I wasn't sure we were going to get you on, and now we know that it's uh, problematic. Yeah, it's definitely uh, had a little trouble connecting with Chris out there, but but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be, I want to hear what Chris has to say, but it's going to be interesting to see what the heck happens with Mercedes today, because there's, yeah. there's a lot going on here. The flip side of the way we've just analyzed it is to say I've never seen a closer field of 20 cars ever yeah. um, in my history with Formula One. And I think that that's another thing worth mentioning is that, that the times are within less than two seconds for everybody. So to say Mercedes are struggling, let's say, in eighth position doesn't, doesn't mean that they're a second and a half off the pace. They're like, right. yeah. Less than half a second off the pace. Yeah, it's like we talked about yeah. in our post-qualifying why... show. Is that it's it's so close that it could just take a you know a little tiny mistake and you've moved down five slots. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's so critical to get off to a good start, which apparently Mercedes and McLaren and to some extent Ferrari are not doing. And uh, you know you're just going to get tied to a post, as I think you people in Texas say when people start passing you. <laughs> Tied to a post. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, look, I do want to start off with a couple of clips here because we have uh, the man, Fernando Alonso, man of the weekend. Uh, we've got a clip from him. And I have to say, uh, I'll, I'll lead this off with, this was a buoyant Fernando Alonso. I mean, uh, this is just a, an unbelievable uh, result, you know, and, and, and car that we are driving at the moment. This is just the baseline. This is just a the starting point of this project. This is everything new, so we have now a good platform that we can develop in, into the next weeks and next races. So uh, starting in the top five on race one, this is just uh, yeah, uh, unreal. So yeah, we, we are enjoying, obviously, every moment, every practice. It seems like too, too good to be true, too good to be true. But then now, finally, we are in qualifying and we're still top five, fighting with Ferrari and Mercedes. and. Uh, this was unthinkable eight months ago. And do you think you can be fighting with them tomorrow? 
So far, the, the strength of this car has been the long run, uh, very low degradation uh, on the car, uh, taking care of the tires very good. So, yeah, we start top five. So if there is an opportunity, we are very close to the podium. We will, we will for sure not lose it. Yeah, and before we get this out of perspective, it's one hundredth of a second between Fernando Alonso and George Russell. <laughs> yeah, in Q three, right? That's yeah. that's which is, you know, so shock, horror, gas, Mercedes die on the sword. They're a hundredth of a second yeah. off. Yeah. And that is so Formula One. All right. I, I think we might have Chris back. He said he's got a good connection. Chris, are you there, buddy? Let's see if we can get you uh, reconnected. I am at the moment, if you guys can hear me. I we am can. just uh, lingering right. in the pit lane between uh, the gates where I have to get onto the grid. <laughs> Bob said, don't move. <laughs> Stay right where you are. Hey, man. Stay there. <laughs> oh, God. Grimony. Sadly, they will move me in a second because cars are going to come uh, hurtling down this pit lane in not too uh, long. We've just had some engine fire-ups. Uh, we were talking Ferrari, I know, before went on to Alonso and Mercedes and uh, just watching Carlos Sainz getting ready, putting his helmet on and uh, adjusting the chin strap. He's got his hands device on there. It's a lot of kit these guys have to wear, and I bet they want to put it on at the last possible moment before racing in some of these hot countries. They, they're kind of saved a little here in Bahrain because the sun's already set below the main grandstand, so they're in shade completely now. And the temperature's going down a little bit, which means it's not too hot. But but we've had some that are really bad. Can I talk about the elephant in the room? Chris, can you hear me? He can't uh, hear I got me. part of that, yep. Chris, what, what, is it me or why aren't we in Australia where we should be yeah. for the start of the season? What are we doing? Follow the money. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I, I'm going to say it, but I don't, you know, I'm getting kind of, you know, the, the, there's a lot of backlash. I don't know. I'm not in Bahrain. You're in Bahrain. Um, I just I just don't fancy it. Is there a little get-off-my-lawn vibe to this rant from Jonathan Green? Well, I just, I mean, <laughs> it's the start of the season. i gotta get, I got to get on my high horse. But, yeah, Australia was such a great place to start. Albert yeah. Park, you know, it was a festival. I and I just feel that it's slightly tinged, and we're now doing three days testing in Bahrain. And it's just... Out of sight, out of mind. It's not the, the start of the Formula One season, especially when we're celebrating such a huge golden era for Formula One. Right. And, and Melbourne is such a wonderful town. I was trying to think of all of the tracks that are actually in or proximate to a major city. Yeah. Um, certainly Bahrain is not, and you can count all the tracks that are, you know, that are an hour's drive from the center of the city. But right in Australia, you've got one right there in downtown. People can walk to the track. They can walk to the parties, um, hang yeah. out of the high by, windows in the ceramic buildings. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's not like this comes. This comes from a history of Bahrain being a controversial event over the last ten years. Yeah, right. All yeah. right, guys. The first race, people were shooting at each other. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, coming up after this, we are going to uh, have more from Chris Medlin. We're going to have more clips. But before we go to break, I do want to. I uh, have a word from our sponsor. Back with us this year is CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60 as the official cybersecurity partner of the Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team. CrowdStrike protects against cyber threats so the team can focus on what matters, their next win. The revolutionary cloud-native unified CrowdStrike Falcon platform harnesses the speed and the power of the cloud to protect and defend organizations of all sizes against increasingly complex threats stopping breaches before they happen. 
because on and off the track, the stakes couldn't be higher. A split second can make the difference between victory and defeat. When every second counts, protection shouldn't slow you down. It should fuel your momentum. CrowdStrike, protection at every turn. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Back after this. And while we're on the subject, I think George Kurtz, the CEO of CrowdStrike, uh, won down in St. Petersburg in the GP America series of the uh, SRO. There you go. Yep. All right. We're still live. We're still live on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Medlin, are you there, buddy? He's asking on. Uh, I am indeed at the moment. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I don't know if you guys can. Um, yeah, I've, I've moved onto the grid as the uh, pit lane's about to get opened for the cars to head out onto their recon lap. So I'm sure you can all tell that I've now moved onto the grid by the yes. tunes in the background. I, I can hear up. the abrasiveness under yeah. your feet. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> Yeah, this is not Chris's fault, by the way. Back in the TV days, uh, we used to tear our hair out because the, the Formula One pit lane, with all of its radio and, and other oh, yeah. frequency transmissions, um, doesn't go into full bloom until race day. And so after all this careful calculation yeah. of our video and audio see, uh, sends, all of a sudden, Boom, everything is blown out of the water because of the power and the breadth of Formula One's need for bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Best laid plans. You do all the testing and then and then the track gets jam-packed and it all goes out the window. But well, I can add to that as well, uh, with fans, because I'm relying on the uh mobile network. Oh yeah. You can relate to the to the fans trying to post their social media. Yeah, Chris, we're in the, we're in a break right now. And I, what, what's the vibe out there right now? It's honestly, it's, it's a bit of a calm before the storm sort of moment. Very busy grid, uh, as we just mentioned. Yeah, lots of media out here. Teams are all getting uh, their kit ready around each grid slot. Uh, grandstands filling up quite nicely. They've got quite a few different uh, flags. Well, lots of different flags. In fact, I might try and run through some of the nations that I can see. But Mexico is winning. I can tell you that. Lots of Mexican flags. Got a Cypriot huh. flag. Um, Back in 10. Got a Polish flag, Australian flag. Anyway, Here we um, go. we've got an additional grand. Additional grandstand is getting busy. Nice. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Gunter Steiner, the man. <laughs> the man, the man. Bringing us back from the break. I was talking to Dave O'Neill. I had lunch with him this week, Jonathan. I didn't even get to tell you, but... Uh, former Haas F1 team manager who's going to join us in the post-race show. And I said, you know, can you lay at Gunther's feet everything that's happened to this momentum in Formula One? Because it was Gunther who stood there on Netflix and said, Gene, we look like a bunch of wankers, mm -hmm. and then dropped, proceeded to drop multiple F-bombs, and the world found out and loved Gunther Steiner, and then Netflix exploded. And that was the biggest first clip and all that momentum kind of stemmed from that moment. And you could almost lay all that at Gunther's feet. Is that, is that too much? Is that a bridge? No, no. Far? I was re-watching uh, season four last night and uh, going back to the start of the season. And it was like the prediction was that Mercedes just may have an uncompetitive car. And it was very funny to hear Gunther say, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind Toto having a few sleepless <laughs> nights. <laughs> it's his turn. <laughs> a couple of wankers out there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, we do have Chris Medlin out, and we were talking to him during the break out at the Secure Circuit at Bahrain. And uh, let's do a check-in with Chris. Chris, give us your eyes and ears. Yeah, pit lane's open, guys. We are getting close to go time, aren't we? So just over half an hour to kill lights out. And, uh, yeah, the cars are rolling down the pit lane now for their recon laps. Uh, it's been a good designer. I mean, I don't think we can call it an early win, but one of the Haas cars was first out on track. So <laughs> there we go for that one. Um, but it was Hulkenberg. Just watching Lewis Hamilton heading out now as well from Mercedes garage. Like, what's going to be fascinating about this race uh, there we go, Nico, um, who's, you know, starting in the top 10. Good job from Nico as well. And Haas went well here last year. But what's going to be fascinating about this race is some of the teams that really were struggling with tyre down here. Uh, like Aston Martin, as you just heard Fernando Alonso saying um, to Formula One's Lawrence Barretta with those questions on that interview. He's just walking past me right now with some resplendent gold shoes on, which are just too much. <laughs> um, so uh, in that interview, he was saying how the Aston is very good on its tyres good on the long run pace. Now, Mercedes, not so sure because Lewis says they're struggling with the rear end, can't get the power down, burning up the rears and the rears will be the limiting factor uh, in the race today. That's the kind of, it's the rear axle that you're going to try and keep alive. Uh, Ferrari, similarly, really were struggling with degradation on long runs on Friday. So Red Bull and Aston are thinking, yeah, we're, we're better for, for race pace. But that's the sort of thing that these teams would have worked on with data. They'll have been trying to understand. It's maybe one of the reasons why Ferrari kept an extra set of soft tyres for Charles Leclerc, new soft tyres for the first part of the race. So all these things are, are like, the, they're the unknown bit. It's as the race starts to unfold and you just get a few laps into it. And you're like, OK, you know, is Verstappen breaking away or, or you know, who can go with him? That, that's going to be the fascinating aspect. Those first five or six laps uh, of green flag running to see uh, who's truly got their race pace uh, under control for this one. Hey, uh, Chris, you talk about the the unknown here. And, you know, I, I want to give some of the fans, uh, if you're not a Red Bull fan, I want to give you a little bit of hope. And I want to get your take on this. I was reading an article, Chris, uh, that Mark Hughes wrote on the race. And he was talking about the volatility of the Bahrain circuit, the surface of the circuit. And apparently the, uh, the, the surface, the gravel has brought in, been, been brought in from Jonathan's hometown. Yes, Baston Hill. <laughs> I went to school not a mile away <laughs> from the uh, from the gravel pit from where this is. But the, the point of this is that that there's so much tire dag and and, and the, the temperature and the wind and everything that that we could get. And, and the volatility of all this could shake things up a bit. Have you heard anything about this? Well, yes, but uh, I get to do my weather report then if we're going to do that because yeah. uh, the wind's not too big a deal today. We had it a lot more in testing, but it's really gusty. And we saw drivers going off either at turn one or struggling into turns nine and ten. And it was all because of the wind unsettling the car. And it can get pretty windy. This is a very flat uh, island, Bahrain. So uh, it does get pretty breezy at times. But today it's, it's been really, really, really still. Um, just a light breeze at the moment heading down to be a tailwind towards turn one, but nothing like that would cause trouble. So that aspect's a little bit easier for the drivers. Uh, you're right about the, the asphalt. That's that's pretty pretty abrasive. It's uh, it's hard on the tyres. And we always get a good gauge though when we watch the Formula 2 race because they had their main race today. Heat, it was uh, 20 past one it started, so as hot as it was going to be, track temperature as high as it's going to be, and they still manage their 32-lap race on just one stop. Uh, a few drivers doing more than half on the softer compound that they had. So I, I think most people, with the knowledge they have, the fact we tested here last week, 
I'd be surprised if too many teams got into major difficulties that are unforeseen. I think it's more the ones that were struggling. If they can just find a, a solution for it, you can see them make a big step. So, yeah, for anyone who is not a Red Bull fan and hoping for them to get challenged, that's actually where it's going to be, is, is can the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari just stabilise their race pace uh, and make sure that they... It opens up strategic options. It just gives you more opportunity rather than forcing you into multiple pit stops or uh, a conservative pace. By the now, way, if anybody foot- doubts the, the effect, if you're like me, you used to hear, well, the wind affects the race cars. And I think, oh, come on, you know, these incredibly aerodynamic race cars, how much can the wind affect them? If you were watching uh, IndyCar qualifying yeah, yeah. from St. Petersburg yesterday, you saw a strong breeze mm-hmm. blowing from behind, turned Kyle Kirkwood, turned yeah. Scott McLaughlin. Martin, yeah. um, it, it's a big effect. Mm. Yep, I, I was, you know, it's funny you said that. I was thinking exactly the same. By the way, shout out to Grosjean, pole position yeah. for Indy. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out to One Man World Career, um, 10th place uh, in Formula 2. And that has been a long road mm. uh, to get that man yeah. back to Formula 2. He did Formula it 3 has. after that big accident. Um, but Cracking um, jobs from him. Yeah. Uh, and he also Ooh. beat Jack Crawford in the process, who was well, 12. Well, and you have shout out to Jack, Jack Crawford, yeah. who full time in, in Formula Two now, yeah, an American, exactly. yeah. American from Houston, I believe. And we got yeah, and we got a bunch in NF three as well. And I'm a Chris will keep us up to date with that. But it's a, it's a lovely story, and I don't want to forget it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chris Medlin, uh, Chris, you missed it at the beginning of the show. We did some introductions because we had some people who are, you know, new to the new to the show and uh, weren't sure who everybody was, and I made sure everybody knew who everybody was. But Chris Medlin, uh, who you're hearing live at the circuit is uh, one of the most popular F1 journalists. He's hugged everybody in the paddock. <laughs> or everybody's hugged him. I don't know. He's a star of Drive to Survive this yes. year. Uh, and he's a, he's, he's a freelance motorsports journalist, but he has, has a fantastic career, not only with us here on the radio, but he contributes to F1.com, contributes to Motorsport Magazine, racer.com and has a massive twitter following and has a uh, a wonderful girlfriend and is it's just a how ju- do you know <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah how do you fiance, know all this? Met- I, I must say fiance fiance that's right Excuse that's right me. that's yeah. right i forgot about that but yes i met her and i don't know how she connected with chris because she's way too smart and gorgeous for chris but Good but anyway we we wanted to make sure everybody knew who you were chris well, without, I hope I'm not jumping in too late. I hope I'm not jumping in too late because I know my connection's not been great. But uh, she's actually stood about 20 yards from me right now on the grid. There you uh, go. Because she's uh, now a senior producer at Sky's F1 coverage. So the guys who <laughs> watch the coverage on ESPN see her output. So right now she's she's in charge of Martin Brundle doing his grid walk. So That's pretty funny. Inter-relationship rivalry here. We've yeah, I like grid it. Grid walk versus grid walk in my household. <laughs> oh, well, then we definitely okay, need, we, it, we, it, need we need a... Fr- yeah, we need a flyby. We need a maverick flyby on Brundle sometime this season. She needs to get a strategic foot in 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 Martin's way as he's walking down the the pit lane. You know, just kind of <laughs> yeah, tip, tip the odds in favor of her hubby, who's also doing one. Uh, well, we have we have so much to talk about, and in, uh, in, in uh, just a few minutes, we're going to get Bob to walk through the grid for us, like he does. One of my favorite parts of the show. But we do have to talk about the, the, you know, we've alluded to it, but we haven't really talked about the the dominance of of Red Bull. They have just looked all, you know, since the preseason testing through qualifying yesterday, they look like they really can just kind of turn it on as needed. 
And we do have a couple of clips here because uh, we've got clips from Max Verstappen and, uh, and Checo. But let's start with this clip from Max Verstappen right after qualifying yesterday. Yeah, I mean, um, it's been a bit of a tricky start for me to the weekend compared to testing. I think I felt really good in testing, to be honest. And then when I jumped in the car in FP1, it was quite a big shock to what I got. And we still don't really understand why it's so different. So that's a few things we still need to work on because we tried a lot of things in, in the practice sessions and just never really got together. But then I think what we did put on the car for qualifying was the best compromise. And uh, yeah, of course, very happy to, to be on pole. But I still don't feel as happy as I, what I was in testing. So there's still a few things I think we need to, to look at before uh, the next race. The race balance is completely different to qualifying, just the way the tyres operate. But uh, that normally should be okay. It was just that one lap balance, which uh, I felt like was really difficult to nail uh, throughout the weekend so far. Uh, the fact that they're saying that there's they've got to work on things and it's only going to get better is a little scary. Yeah, and I, as I said, I said this in the in the qualifying um, program. You know, l let's not overly read too much into what has been a very quick non-testing three days only at Bahrain yeah. lead up to this season, yeah. and and I think you'll see a lot of change in the next few races because people are doing it on the fly. They have to. Well, let's see if we can find out a little bit from the team themselves. I'm going to and be cheeky in a second and grab Christian Horner actually but he's just having a look around the back of his uh back of Max's car Max has pulled up onto the grid and uh and has already jumped out and gone for the obligatory toilet stop that every driver needs when they jump out having funny I don't get it they get in the car about 10 minutes earlier surely you've just been to the toilet right and then they drive to the grid they get out and go again <laughs> um that must be kind of like uh... nerves I mean I'm not they're like radio commentators. <laughs> Very <Sorry>. similar. <laughs> I, I should, I should be, I should be more nervous, shouldn't I? Mainly of uh, my connections failing. But um, yeah, uh, Christian Horner was just chatting to a few of his team members, uh, and now he's to, at the front of the grid, first race of the season, and you've got this beautiful view in your eyes of two Red Bulls at the front. I mean, is this uh, the dream scenario, Christian? Well, no, it's it's a perfect place to be starting the the, the season, and. Um... Yeah, this race was uh, very hard on us last year, so uh, hopefully we can try, try and uh, address that this year. Now, the car looked great through preseason testing, but it looked a bit more of a struggle getting it there during this weekend. Sort of, why was that? Does the team know? I think, you know, you, you never really know you, where you are until everybody takes the fuel out, and that's the first data point, and then, of course, the next one will be in the race. And, and let's see, we genuinely don't know the competitiveness of everybody else. A lot of people get, get drawn into preseason. You know, times, and uh, it's a, I've been around too long to get sucked into that, that game. Well, even though I'm going to make you just predict one thing, who's going to be your biggest challenger? Because you've got two Ferraris behind you, you've got Fernando Alonso in the mix, and Mercedes there. I think take your pick. I mean, honestly, it could be any of them. Well, hopefully it's all of them, and we'll have a great race, won't we? All right, yeah, let's see. Good luck. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't think he wants that, but I do. <laughs> and your connection was perfect, Chris. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, that was. Uh, we are going to take a pause in the action, and when we come back, we're going to walk through the grid with Mr. Varsha and plenty more clips, including clips from Lance Stroll and Logan Sargent. You're listening to Speed City F1, back after this. All right, we're still live on YouTube. Nice done. Nicely done, Chris. Yeah, good stuff.
Well, glad I could do that. But a little bit of colour then for uh, the guys and girls still following us on YouTube. Uh, Charlotte Clerk's car has just arrived on the grid, uh, but not with Charlotte Clerk in it. So clearly he was a bit tight for time getting to the grid because he's jumped out at the back and the car's been wheeled up on trolleys to the front. Uh, so he wasn't in it. And that sometimes teams do that as a, you know, it's planned or it's intentional, it's their approach. But at the same time, in people right next to Carlos drove it to the grid slot. So uh, something slightly different there, but um, I'm not quite sure what the reason will have been. I don't know if it has anything to do with the changes they made last minute. Uh, but yeah, Charles obviously was up against it if he wanted to jump out and do his toilet break. So uh, he's not yet been seen on the grid. I'll make sure that he is actually here and we're not going to have an empty car uh, when the lights go. Hmm. Uh, all right, boys, what else are we going to do? Bob, you all ready to go for the grid? absolutely but let's wait till we come back right yeah no yeah yeah i just want to make sure <laughs> i hadn't actually asked you i assumed i you might were ready. <laughs> go on chris sorry i might be able to get uh fred just before that um Ooh, yeah I'm hovering behind him so if we come back in time i will grab him and if we have it a... uh, all right all right your mic's dropping a little bit but it worked perfectly for mr horner But yeah, let's see. Um, I really want to play these clips from Lance Stroll because it was really good. And uh, and Logan Sargent, of course. We haven't talked about him yet. Well, Aga's on the on the grid. Just saw him. Oh, there's Lawrence Stroll talking to Brundle right now. Yeah. He's the man of the hour, too. I will try and get uh, get Logan. Okay. I just need to find him in this scrum. All right, here we yeah, go. Out. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We're about a half hour out from the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix that you can hear right here after our pre-show and, of course, our post-show following up after that. And the Speed City F1 post-race show on SiriusXM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. All right, we got Chris Medlin out on the grid, and he's hovering around trying to get an interview with the new Ferrari boss, Frederick, Frederick Vasseur. Chris, uh, I'm going to go to Bob Farsha for the grid, unless you've got Mr. Vasseur. I managed to get a uh, thumbs up from Vasseur when I pointed to the clerk's car. And I did see Charles Leclerc getting off the grid. Uh, so he is here uh, because uh, for anyone that's listening <laughs> on YouTube in the break there, I said Charles' car arrived without him in it. But uh, no, uh, Fred is already now uh, into another TV interview. So Bob, take it away. All righty then. And before I do, let's remind you folks, we are now doing a post-qualifying one-hour show. So be sure to tune in every Saturday to hear what we think about uh, qualifying and, uh, you know, call in, write in, let us know what you think. Anyway, here's a look at the grid for the first race of this 2023 season. Front row, all Red Bull. Max Verstappen, the reigning world champion, his 21st career pole. He also posted the fastest straight line speed in practice, 201 miles an hour. But he has never won here in Bahrain in nine previous tries. Next to him, Sergio Perez of Mexico, the fastest man in free practice one on Friday. 
creating that team's first consecutive front row lockouts, beating Abu Dhabi last year and Bahrain this year since 2013. Hmm. And Perez took his first Grand Prix win here in 2020. On row two, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari. We've heard he's had that battery change. Is it ominous? We'll find out. He's never won a Grand Prix starting anywhere but the front row. Next to him, his teammate in an all-Ferrari row two, Carlos Sainz, completing the exact same top four on the grid as we saw in the final race of last year. Every race on this track configuration of the three that have been used has been won from inside the top four on the grid. Row three, Fernando Alonso for Aston Martin, star of the weekend, the oldest. Oh, uh, great of- timing there, Bob, because I'm going to interrupt you rudely. But you said Fernando Alonso. I'm with his former team boss, uh, Omar Zafnar from Alpine. Go for Omar, it. it looks like a tough midfield that you kind of got one car to the front of and you've got one car starting last today. How did that happen? Well, uh, <laughs> Pierre was competitive all weekend uh, up there with Esteban, maybe even a little bit quicker sometimes. It's just on his pushing lap. He uh, exceeded the track limits, had his best time thrown out, and he is where he is. But wasn't he out in Q1 anyway before that got deleted? He he was, but not quite last. Um, He lost a little (laughs) bit of uh, rear traction and uh, just couldn't get it together. But that just happened in qualifying, so we'll understand that to make sure it doesn't happen again. Well, and Esteban is in the top 10. He got through the Q3. Good show from him. So... What are your expectations for today? Because we keep calling it a midfield, but it feels like there's not a midfield anymore. It's kind of top four teams and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Single lap pace doesn't mean long run pace. So just be careful with that. Well, and just finally, though, Aston Martin, the step they've made. I mean, how do you look upon that as a team that was ahead of them last year and and has ambitions to be at the front? Well, I mean, they, they made a step back to where they were in 2014. I mean... Should have been there last year. Back where you were. Thank you, Otmar. Otmar <laughs> <laughs> Zafnauer, the king of let's see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, jumping back in, I mentioned Fernando Alonso, 41 years old. I'm waiting for someone to come up with a sketch of him riding one of those electric scooters like you see all over <laughs> South Florida. 41. He'll Rascal. Be 42 soon. But it's the team's highest starting position in a Q3 session ever. It's also Alonso's best start in Bahrain in the hybrid area with era, which began in 2014. Next to him, George Russell in the first of the Mercedes, the same grid spot he earned for the season finale last year and out qualifies his seven-time world champion teammate onto row four. On the inside, Hamilton in the Mercedes, the first time he's been outrun by a teammate here in Bahrain in five seasons. It's also his worst Q3 performance in 15 previous visits to Bahrain. Next to him, Lance Stroll for Aston Martin. Two weeks after surgery on his injured wrist, the Canadian racks up his best ever start in Bahrain. He only reached Q3 at all three times last year. Row five, Esteban Ocon, who you just heard about from Alpine boss Oscar Atmar Safnauer, who reached Q3 for the first time after three consecutive failures at this track. Next to him, Nico Hulkenberg. The dream hire for Haas in only his fifth Grand Prix start since 2019, the third oldest driver on the grid at 35, and a record holder for most starts without a podium, joins the team. Sorry to interrupt you st- again, Bob. I know you get tired of me doing this, but as Logan Sargent walks no, past not me, at all. Toto Wall. Toto, how are you summing up the way that this has gone for you so far this weekend? Because it sounded, sounded tough after yesterday. Yeah, so far, not where we want to be, uh, but we are learning, and we, we got it wrong, and we, we'll get there. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you chat to Martin Brunner here because I'm being very, very kind to my fiance, aren't I, by doing that? 
Uh, I'm going to jump back in. <laughs> in a uh, nice work. Because there he is. Getting eyed up oh, that's TV brilliant. And... You're on TV, buddy. Soto was <laughs> even looking over my shoulder, so I knew. <laughs> so I knew I needed to let him step aside. We're um, watching yeah, you I and Brundle. Uh, We're watching Brundle uh, getting get, anxiously waiting beside you to get you off the the TV. Good work. Exactly. <laughs> well, I um, I'm not gonna not gonna let Soto get away that quickly. And also, don't worry, listeners, this won't happen every week. Uh, our elbows will be out a little sharper. But um, but Chris, you, know, you can see sometimes when bosses look over your shoulder that they know that someone else is behind you. Yeah. Chris, how telling though. We got it wrong. That is for <laughs> for for an Austrian to say that is. Pretty impressive. I'll jump back in with him now then. He's done with Martin. Uh, I just thought I'd let Martin get in now. I'm nice to Sky. But um, you say you get it wrong, Toto. How, how can you get it right today, at least? What can you achieve today? I think we need to do the best out of the situation. We have a, we have a car here uh, that we need to make perform the best with the race team. And then we need, we need to have a car that we develop in the factory. So today is about optimizing. And I guess if we can, if we can fight for P3, uh, that would be fantastic. Or before, that's where we are today. And just finally, then, can you get it right this season? If you want to make changes to this car, is it possible to turn this car around? It's a long year, but you've got a budget cap. I'm not sure it's um, it is uh, possible to turn it around uh, for the whole year, um, for, uh, but but maybe we need to set the sales for next year. Well, we'll have to see how that goes. And thanks for your honesty. Good luck today, Toto. Wow, <laughs> that's just, brutal. Just yeah, we had the first race. Wife, Susie. I get, yeah, I mean, that is brutal. We haven't turned a wheel in anger, and that is what they're saying. Oof. We're already looking to next yeah. year. Mm. Yikes. Well, nice job, Yikes. Chris. Uh, Bob, let's, uh, let's pick it back up. Indeed. All right, let's finish off the top 10 with Nico Hulkenberg. As I mentioned, only his fifth start since 2019. He has the most Formula One races without a podium, joining a team with a similar record among constructors. But he put the team in the top 10 on the grid. What must Kevin Magnuson be thinking? We'll get to him. Row six on the inside, Lando Norris from a very disappointing McLaren team. Slow out of the box to start the season, but neither of the Papaya cars reached Q3 here last year either, starting 13th and 18th and finishing 14th and 15th. Next to him in the 12th spot, Valtteri Bottas for Alfa Romeo, ending a run of 10 straight top six starts in Bahrain for the Flying Finn. Row seven, inside, Zhou Guan Yu in the second Alfa Romeo, just three hundredths of a second and one place on the grid behind his teammate. He scored a point here in 10th last year on debut. Next to him, Yuki Sonoda for Alfa Tauri has scored in both previous Bahrain starts despite never reaching Q3. And despite the fact that he's way back there on the grid, he was incredibly consistent on his laps in uh, practice. On row eight in the 15 spot, Alex Albon for Williams, a podium finisher for Red Bull back in 2020. Remember that? The Williams team posted the biggest performance jump in preseason testing last week, gaining 2.8 seconds over their performance in Bahrain last year. And yet here they are. Next to him, his teammate, American Logan Sargent, Highest placed rookie in the field posted the exact same lap time as Lando <laughs> Norris in Q1. But since Norris did it first, rules say the McLaren driver advanced and the American freshman was denied. Mm. Still, great job, Logan. Row nine, Kevin Magnuson in the Haas, a troubled qualifying for the senior Haas driver who qualified seventh and finished fifth for the team in last year's race here. Next to him, Oscar Piastri, the rookie at McLaren, same position as the man he replaced, Daniel Ricciardo, in last year's race. <laughs> His worst of the season. Where are you, Danny Rick? 
On row 10, Nick DeVries for AlphaTauri, a brutal qualifying for the 28-year-old who's very experienced, who became the most recent driver and the 67th ever to score a point in his Formula One debut at Monza last year. And in the 20th and final spot, Pierre Gasly for Alpine, already out in Q1 when his lap time was deleted for track limits, adding itself to injury, especially since the Frenchman had reached Q3 in three out of the previous four races here in Bahrain. So there's your starting lineup. Have at it, guys. Mm. All right. Nicely done, Bob. All right. Coming up after this, we have some uh, interviews. We have a couple of clips from Lance Stroll and some other drivers. So stick with us and we'll be back after a quick break. Mr. Medlin, you knocked it out of the park, dude. That was wild. Uh, Absolutely. That was, uh, we lost Chris. It looks like he is disconnected uh, for the moment. He's but, gone down to have a rest. Uh, Andy P on uh, the chat says, Medlin made the grid walk. Great branding on the mic there, guys. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had the uh, SCB SXM mic cube on the world feed there. Maybe he'll get an extra hug from his wife tonight. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Inter- interrupting Mr. Brundle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Brundle was doing something on television. He was pointing out the asphalt. Yeah. And um, and was talking hey, about snooze it. Snooze, you lose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Martin's a great guy. And I wish people would give our Derek Daly credit for doing the uh, the very first pit walk, as I recall. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Indianapolis, we doubled up. Casey, the producer, the producer extraordinaire. I want to get uh, that Lance Stroll, and I've got George Russell. That was a good one, too, and Logan Sargent. We've played, what have we played so far? Just Max and Fernando. So let's do, let's, uh, let's come out and do, um, let's do Lance first when we come out of break. Let's check up in on the folks on YouTube. Frank Cotwitz says, way to go, Chris. Um, T&W is always the guy in Thailand. He is always encouraging everybody to give us a like Hit that like button, he says, every show. I'm going to make that boy an admin if he's not careful. <laughs> Joe of Oyster Bay is always here. Hector Salazar, that's a new name I don't recognize. And, of course, our longest-running fan of all time, Kevin Kelly, is giving us a big thumbs up. So thanks for joining us, everyone. And remember, offer, get a watch party together at a restaurant or pub or whatever. Yeah. Tell us right, where here you we are. Go. Yeah. Give you a shout-out. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're about 12 or 13 minutes from the start of the Bahrain Grand Prix. We've got a couple of clips, but before we get to those, I want to give a shout out to the Cincinnati Watch Party who tweeted at us yesterday, and apparently Derek McCord has said he's going to be listening on the way to the uh, Baxton Brew Company out there in Cincinnati for their watch party. And cool. and uh, before I play a clip or two, I hear Chris Medlin's microphone going hot. Chris, what's going on? Hello. Well, that's one, one reason I've just popped back in is because while we're on the break, I managed to grab Logan Sargent. Yay! Uh, so that's the hint. Uh, that I've just emailed across uh, an interview with Logan as, as we walked down the grid as he was heading to get uh, into his car. So uh, I don't know if we can key that up quickly, but uh, I didn't want everyone to miss it while we're on a break. And uh, it was just at the end of the National Anthem, there's all the drivers uh, flood back at the same time. But 
even if we don't get to play that out right now, I can say he's very relaxed. He's very calm. Even the fact that he's just willing to talk before jumping in and doing this for the very first time in his career. Says oh. <laughs> we, we lost Chris. I, I, yeah, I'm glad does, he recorded that it. That actually doesn't surprise me. All our meetings with Logan Sargent have been have been like he was born into this. Yeah, really, he does look the part. Well, we've got the, that's exactly right. we've got the clip that Chris just sent. Let's let's hear from Logan Sargent. Got Logan Sargent with me, just leaving the first national anthem he's been to at the front of an F1 grid, and now heading back to his car, ready for his debut. How are the nerves, mate? Yeah, the nerves are okay to be honest. Um, you know, I'm happy with the job we did yesterday. It was a positive day, and uh, we just need to carry that into today. You know, hopefully have a clean start, clean first lap, and uh, take it from there. Does it help that you've done a lot of laps around here in this car? Do you feel like you're really on top of it? Definitely. I feel comfortable. Uh, I'm happy with the way I feel in the car, the, the window we have the car in. Uh, it's just going to be a case of, you know, fighting hard at the start and then, you know, getting into race management. Uh, what, what constitutes a good race for you then today? What will be a success? I think a good race today would just be, you know, finish all the laps firstly, uh, be happy with the pace I show, and um, anything other than that's a bonus. Uh, good luck today. Thank you, Logan. There yeah. we go. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. on like it. He was born yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the George Russell of America. <laughs> I, and there's that a great good. Point. Great, great point Chris made in that interview. First national anthem at the front of the grid. Yeah. First this, first that, first everything for a rookie Formula One driver. And this is huge. You really can't overstate it. Yeah, yeah. And and it was pretty fast in the car, all things considered. So ah, he was equal with Norris. I know. That's, when you say that, Absolutely. if you had told him that a year ago, he would have mind blown, right? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Well, we have a couple of clips that I definitely want to play. And let's go ahead and start with Lance Stroll because he's had a pretty amazing weekend. Let's hear from Lance. Yeah, I mean, it was a very eventful session. Um, I'm just uh, grateful to be here right now. I mean, uh, like a week ago, I was in a hospital bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. Uh, I couldn't move both hands. Um, fractured a bunch of bones, and that um, came out of surgery like 12 days ago. And, yeah, it was, like, just insane to try and even make it here. And right now to be thinking that I, yeah, just did three sessions in qualifying made it to q3 um and just made it here in general i'm just really grateful to, to be here feeling better every every lap in the car I'm just starting to trust my body more i'm starting to get used to the car as well um which i didn't you know i didn't get any testing last week so i'm um, just getting into a rhythm with it and really just trusting my body more and more every lap so uh it was it was just nice to yeah, to, to be out there and be competing. Yeah, our long run pace looks good too. So, um, you know, I think that's our strong point actually. So I think tomorrow is going to be a fun day. Uh, 12 days ago, he was in uh, surgery. Mm. That's amazing that he's... It's amazing. Know... Go ahead, Ooh. Bob. Well, I was just going to say, and you'll know the answer to this probably. Um, who was the doctor that operated on him? As soon as I heard he needed wrist surgery, I thought, the motorcycle guy, Dr. Ferrari, I think it is, oddly enough, who uh, all the uh, MotoGP and, um, uh, and Superbike guys go to, and he does miraculous things. Yeah, um, uh, I, I know who you mean, uh, Dr. Costa. Yeah. I, I actually Costa, think, right. no, I, to tell you who I think it is, there's a, I think there's a guy, there's a Chinese guy called Ping, uh, on the West yeah. Coast, who also looks after mm -hmm. uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the motorcycle guys. They go to him. 
And um, yeah. he could well have done that. But my question is, yeah. Chase Elliott included, I thought extreme sports were out and you, <laughs> you had a contract so that you didn't do stuff yes. like this. <laughs> my wife asked me about that because she's heard all the, the horror stories of guys who have multi-gazillion dollar contracts and then go out on a bicycle and go head over heels and wreck their careers. His, his dad bought him a new bike. It's, it's a stationary bike. Oh, so it's, it's Lawrence's <laughs> fault. fault. No. Oh, I see. Yeah, he's just bought him a, yeah. he's bought got him a peloton. Just, a peloton, Just yeah. jumping in on that topic, guys, because I finally found my voice again. Sorry about the uh, silence for a little while there. But, um, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, Lance Stroll does get a lot of hate, doesn't he, really, for the background he's had. Uh, but speaking to a lot of people, Fernando Alonso is one of them who's saying it, and obviously he was his teammate, but others in the paddock too. You know, Lance doesn't fear for that seat because of who his father is, and he's going to drive through pain and discomfort because he wants to race. Like, it, it's pretty admirable that he's doing that, especially because I'm sure that if you've got something that's that recently broken, yeah. broken a hand before Christmas, and it's still not fully uh, sorted, that there's every chance he can do it again or, or, or even worse uh do some longer term damage so even though they say it's fine there's got to be an element of risk so you know yeah, patience sure. for that reason yeah and also he broke his toe so that's not been mentioned as much as the wrists um but he said he couldn't walk he should heard in that interview so you know that's a that's a, that's a quite a remarkable thing when you think about it yeah I, my admiration yeah. for him my respect for him has definitely gone up I mean, he's just put his head down and done, done what he had to do not just this weekend, but really the last few years. And he survived, too. Yeah, and no doubt. Recall yesterday, during the uh, during the action yesterday, his engineer got on and said, hey, you've got to change your line through turn one to set yeah. up through turn two. He said, I can't because yeah. of my hands. I can't do it. <laughs> so yeah. there's obviously still pain there. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris. Might, go ahead, Chris. I might try me cheeky here, and this might be about to fail. I can't quite tell. Uh, I was going to ask, if possible, one question to Stefano Domenicali about how excited he is about the opening race of the season and how the season is shaping up. Well, I'm very excited. I think we should be all proud about the fact that, you know, there is a lot of energy, a lot of people and a lot of uh, intensity. So let's hope to have a great race. But we don't have to forget that it's the first. So it will be a long season. So looking forward to see that. Ah, And looking forward to places like Vegas this year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Getting ready. A lot of things to be done, but we're going to be spot on ready for the an incredible and super exciting race. Yeah, it'll be great. Thank you very much for your time, Stefano. And uh, he says that uh, it's busy and uh, the, the atmosphere is building and things. He's with royalty right now. Uh, he's with the, <laughs> he's with you, the Prince of Monaco. Uh, he's with Jackie Ford. Stewart. <laughs> he's with yeah. Prince Albert of Monaco. So uh, yeah, he's I was. With, he's uh, with Jeremy Clarkson. Rudely interrupting the two of those. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson was on the grid. Yep, that was another one that was out there. Um, yeah. One other one. I don't know if we played out the Logan Sargent interview because I, uh, I yes. disappeared. I do. Apologize. We did. We did. Uh, but. Uh, at this, by the time I got to come off the grid, uh, Oscar Piastri was just putting his helmet on as well. And, and another one who's just so calm and relaxed, yeah. sort of gave a little wave and a thumbs up. And these, these guys, one, it's very nice to see that, um, you know, we've spoken to Oscar a few times on the show, didn't we, last year, that, they are, um, that they're still just chilled enough before jumping in the car to be like, <laughs> all right, how's it going? Um, I, I'd never been like that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure drivers in the past actually weren't always like that as well. We saw plenty that get very uptight before getting in the car. But this new generation of driver... Certainly Oscar and Logan, who <clears throat> came up together, don't forget, raced together with Premier in Formula 3, went for the title together. They get on well. They just seem to have similar approaches of just being so chilled out before making their debuts. It's remarkable. And you can add Nick DeVries to that as well. I mean, this new generation, you know, Vettel's gone, Ricardo's gone. Two very old school, different characters wore their hearts on, us, on, on their sleeve, whereas these guys are 
far more sort of dialed in, cool, calm, and collected kind of operators. Absolutely, absolutely. And just one more thing before we, uh, before I have to disappear again. Um, we mentioned Ferrari at the very start of the show about Charles Leclerc's changes. I did speak to a team member at Ferrari who said it was just precautionary. They saw some things on a sensor that they didn't like around the control electronics, I believe it was, mm. uh, and therefore made a change. And I think as an associated change, that's why the energy store got done too, but they couldn't actually confirm the second part. Just said it was precautionary. I mean, you know, as much as we say it looks bad to do it before the race, even worse to be stopping during it, isn't it? So uh, we yeah. will we'll have forgotten they've even done it if they have a clean race today. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Chris. And don't forget, they can they can go back to the original one if, if it's okay, if it checks out. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. good point. They can, yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, just to let you know, we got an email from the bosses at SiriusXM. They spotted you on the, on the television coverage. So you're impressing you're, the bosses. Getting, the bonus is coming. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, that's because that's they didn't hear me say, I'll get out of the sky's way. while uh, <laughs> There's another reason for that, actually. Uh, we mentioned my fiance. It's her birthday today. So this oh, my oh Jess. Happy oh. birthday, Jess. Happy birthday. <laughs> to, to annoy her. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, well, we've just got a couple of minutes left in the show. Last minute thoughts, Chris. I know you like to to shut off so you can go get in front of the the screens there. Yeah, I mean, look, darkness has taken over here now, so that the floodlights are fully on, and we've got pretty much the conditions we're going to get for the whole race. So I'm thinking, like, we talk about key aspects of certain races, key times, but the early laps of this are going to be crucial. If anyone can get ahead of Verstappen, um, we're going to then see long run pace. Otmar Zaf now has said it himself as well. We don't always get a true reflection of that. I'm just really excited to see some great racing up and down the field because I don't think we've had a field this close. No. Even if we take Red Bull out of it, um, I just don't know how long because it's every team. I don't think there's a single team sat here going, oh, we're probably going to finish last. I think every single one thinks that they can go forward. And that's just great. Um, you know, someone's going to finish last and not be happy. But whoever that is will have had a chance of, of doing a lot better, which is just it's great for Formula One. And I hope I hope we see lots of good close racing even if the fight at the front isn't a classic. Uh, fingers crossed it will be, but fans, don't tune out if, uh, if you see Verstappen walking away with it because there could be some epic stuff further back. Fantastic. I think that, that's a perfect summary. And I, I, we haven't talked about Haas that much with Hulkenberg up there. I know. And, and you know, Magnussen could make his way back up. This, this sure. just, I'm just so excited. We don't know what to expect here, guys. This is going to be fantastic. A uh, couple of final comments, a couple of comments on social and YouTube. TW says, tell Bob I'm working on a watch party. And he also made a really good comment. He says, can Lance hold up for the entire race with that? Good point. With yeah. that uh, hand broken bone. So that is Question going to be answered. Yeah, that's that is the big one. Uh, well, don't forget that we will be you can stick right here for the entire race, but we will be back after the race with our one hour post race show and uh, write this phone number down. We want you guys to call in, too. It's 512 643 5483-512-643 live if you want to call in and join the show. And you can always join in on uh, on our YouTube and give us some comments there. We have lots of people doing that and on Facebook too. But all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to our pre-race show. And we will talk to you after the race.